what's going on everybody welcome to episode 231 of the dfs dose podcast your fix of daily fantasy sports information strategy and analysis i'm your host ben hover joined as i always am by joey carrion and on today's show we are back with another edition of the adp market report going to check in on this past week's biggest risers and fallers in terms of underdog ADP, kicking things off with our top risers. Nico Collins is climbing up the ADP right now, up 17.9 spots. That's about two and a half full rounds up to pick 164. I'm not quite sure what's driving this Nico Collins hype, but what do you think it is here? I think a lot of it can be attributed to camp reports. Obviously, we're going to be getting a ton of information out there now. I think a lot of it can be attributed to fantasy football Twitter, kind of pumping the Nico Collins bags a little bit. And then obviously just influencers, especially heavily influential influencers, as some of the guys that work at some of the top companies have said on multiple podcasts that Nico Collins is one of their you know favorite late late round wide receiver targets so I think it's just a multitude of factors and then we obviously talked about him last week a little bit and how he has a very good prospect profile there's a lot of opportunity available in that Texans offense for Nico Collins they really only have Brandon Cooks there that's going to compete for targets and we also talked about how Davis Mills you know isn't as bad as everybody might think he is yeah, so I think those are just ultimately the reasons why Nico Collins is up almost 18 picks. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to draft him at this point when I was getting so much exposure to him in the 18th and 20th round. But that being said, I, just, I still think he's a good player and should still be taking shots on him, especially in tournaments that are newer where his ADP is you know, uh, only relative to itself in recent weeks. So I, mm-hmm. I think Nico is still a pretty good pick. I think that's also... Uh, a factor that you left out is just the fact that, you know, as we progress, like we have to realize that we're getting an influx of new players with new opinions, right? Like the closer we get to football actually kicking off, the more people we actually have drafting best ball teams. It's not just mm-hmm. the stone degenerates like us who have been doing it since February. So I think some of these players are just also going to be reactionary to the new drafters' opinions. Yep, I, I totally agree with that. Our next biggest riser is Deshaun Watson up 16.6 spots. The Watson roller coaster continues. Still no news on the suspension, but there was a report from, you know, questionable sources, but a report nonetheless that, you know, the the current thought is that his suspension could be as low as four to six games, which seems stunningly low to me. But if that does happen, then his ADP should probably continue to rise quite a bit higher. Yeah, so with... Deshaun Watson, I think that we both can agree that his suspension probably isn't going to be as heavy as we once thought it would be. You know, I kind of had that opinion for a while, and then I changed my opinion to I think he would get a year, and then now we're both kind of on the same page again, and it's truly looking like he's going to get six games, if I had to guess, and if Deshaun Watson is only suspended six games, I think he has to go way higher than where he's currently going, and personally, I've been drafting a lot of Deshaun Watson in the best ball drafts that I've done just because I think that you're going to get some crazy CLV closing line value on Watson and with a player of Watson's caliber when he's starting and playing with the players that they have on that offense I think he could be a top six top seven fantasy quarterback so if if he gives you 11 games 
worth of a season or 13 games worth of a season, I think that he's a great value right now in drafts. Yep, I agree. And we'll be continuing to draft Watson all the way until we get some news. Hopefully that comes sooner rather than later. I'm just so sick of guessing and wondering. Like, please just tell us. But we'll find out soon enough. The third player on our list of risers is Robbie Anderson. Not too much to dissect here, I don't think. He's up 15.1 spots. That's obviously a direct corollary to Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it's it's obviously a, you know, outcome of the Baker Mayfield trade for sure. I think probably he was going a little bit too low to begin with just because Robbie is a very good player I think or at least he's he's a solid NFL wide receiver too um and he has that ceiling and that deep threat ability that you kind of want out of a late round wide receiver in best ball and they go out get Baker Mayfield and that boosts Robbie Anderson up to probably where he should have been going originally and now he's the wide receiver 69 uh, the 150th ranked player, and I think that's pretty correct. Seems all right to me. I'm actually surprised that Baker Mayfield hasn't risen that much, uh, you know, all things considering. He was a riser last week, as we talked about, but it seems like it's a really slow rise at this point. He's only up 5.3 spots this week, settling in around quarterback 27, still going in the 190s. So I guess people may not be quite as bullish on Baker as maybe I thought, even though Robbie's a top riser, Terrace Marshall's up five spots as well. Doesn't seem to really be impacting Baker himself too, too much. I think it that was predictable. I think that, you know, you were kind of unnecessarily high on Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. And obviously in the past, he has shown that he can have ceiling games, right? In 2020, So just a few years ago, he had two games with 30 plus points in his rookie year. uh, You know, he had a couple good games. But other than that, he's a 15 point per game quarterback, no matter what anybody might think. He's just an average NFL starting quarterback. It's honestly that simple. He's not a talent elevator and he's not a guy that's going to consistently give you those 28, 30 point games. He's an okay pick. Obviously, it's a very good situation with DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, and Robbie Anderson, but it doesn't mean that he's going to produce good fantasy numbers. And I think ultimately where he's settled in right now, I think is probably correct. All right. Last guy we can cover here is MVS, who is now going as the wide receiver 44. He's up a little over a half round, cracking the top 90 at pick 9001 on underdog. It seems like MVS is sort of separating himself and, and establishing that he is going to be one of the primary outside receivers in, in KC at this point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's their highest paid wide receiver on the roster. So I think he at least has a top two spot locked up. I think they'll start the season with Juju, MVS, and run a combo of Sky Moore slash McCole Hardman as their wide receiver three. But yeah, he's definitely the guy on the Chiefs, in my opinion. In terms of fantasy, I still like Juju a little bit more uh, just because Juju, in my opinion, is a better, more talented wide receiver. He has past production. 
that you can go back to and say, okay, he could probably do this again now in an upgraded situation if he stays healthy. Currently, he's going at pick 90.1 as the wide receiver 44. I think that's pretty correct. Maybe I would have him in the top 40 wide receivers just because his ceiling is enormous and obviously he's attached to Patrick Mahomes. But the situation for MVS is kind of really similar to the situation that he was in in Green Bay, in my opinion. Like, he was the wide receiver, too, in Green Bay, behind an alpha. You know, Travis Kelsey's the alpha. A lot of competition for touches elsewhere on the offense. And ultimately, he's just a ceiling pick. And talent-wise, you know, he's not the most talented guy. In terms of raw talent, obviously, he has what you want in a wide receiver. He's tall, he's big, he's fast, but, you know, he just hasn't been able to uh, put it all together in the NFL yet, and I I don't know if that's going to change now that he's on the Chiefs, you know. Kind of a lateral move for MVS, in my opinion, but could work out. I could definitely see it working out. I want exposure to him because I think that, undeniably, he is going to have big games. He's going to make your lineup a couple of times throughout the year. But I almost have the same feeling, you know, towards MVS that I had that we had towards like James Conner and Leonard Fournette in our running back rankings episodes earlier this week, where it's like, it just feels like he's going to disappoint being at his highest price ever. He seems like one of those types of players. And and that's just anecdotal. And, and who knows if that means anything, but I get that sort of impression from him. Yeah. And I mean, like he was playing with Aaron Rodgers too, you, you right. know, it's not like he's upgrading that crazy at quarterback you know Aaron Rodgers is still debatably the the best quarterback in the NFL he just won MVP right MVS his career high is 690 yards like he just hasn't produced at the NFL level and obviously they gave him a big contract so they have high hopes for him that you know he could put some product production up that Tyreek Hill is leaving behind but at the end of the day, he just might not be that good of a player. And I do agree that you still want to draft him just because he will indeed have ceiling games for sure. But the floor could definitely be very, very shaky in that offense, especially as the season goes on and say he's just bad. There, There's definitely a possibility that, you know, he gets benched for some of the younger guys in that offense. We've seen Miko Hardman fail in this exact role uh, for multiple seasons in a row. So it's and not a lot. He's lock. just not good either. Yep. So. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about some of our top fallers this week. And it seems like this entire mid range tier of running backs is moving down uh, at least a little bit. We have Kenneth Walker down 8.8 spots, Cordero Patterson, 8.6 spots, CEH, 8.2 spots and then if you go even a little bit deeper into the market Melvin Gordon down 5 Antonio Gibson down 4.6 it seems like people are just getting lower on that grouping of running backs mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely interesting to look at for sure i think that it's just because some other players are getting pushed up like you know we just talked about MVS in that range getting pushed up Chase Edmonds, who we didn't talk about, is a running back that's getting pushed up, so that could cause some of the other guys to get pushed down. Chris Olave in that range. So I think that the market is just adjusting, in my opinion, to some other players that the community or that other influencers are higher on, which is pushing some of these guys lower and probably to their correct ADPs. You know, I have Kenneth Walker ranked, I think, as my RB. 34 and he's going as the RB 34 so I think that's pretty spot on for him CPAT CEH I mean it's just not exciting like these guys just aren't that exciting Antonio Gibson Melvin Gordon 
And I think they're getting pushed down uh, just because of that. Like, they're just not exciting picks, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of these guys, if you want to go back and listen to our running back ranking show, are like guys, I mean, I mean, maybe not CEH, but like CPAT and Kenneth that we talked about being too high, and they're they're sort of adjusting. So it does make sense, uh, absolutely, I think. Other than that, nothing really too exciting in terms of players that are falling in ADP. Mark Ingram is falling a little bit. Cameron Brait is falling a little bit. There was a report that the Bucks might be interested in bringing in Kyle Rudolph, so maybe that's part of it. Maybe there's some Cade Otten hype out there. But all of this is pretty standard stuff. The real surprising one is that Zach Wilson is falling. I mean, he's out there milf hunting. He should be moving up. I don't. I don't know what the market's doing with Wilson. Yeah, he's quarterback twenty three right now, and you have him as your quarterback twelve now, right? Yeah. Um. Actually, eleven. Eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the market is completely off. You know, he just has that dog in him, and I think you want to draft guys like that. But on a serious note, I I, I think I like Zach Wilson this year, especially if we're projecting the Jets' offense to improve from last year. Obviously, a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach, a bad offensive line. Now you're getting quarterback in his second year in the system, second-year coach. You drafted Garrett Wilson. You made improvements on the offensive line. You drafted Brees Hall. He's surrounded with a lot of talent. And I think if Zach Wilson can, you know, realize his ceiling this year, I think he could be a nice value at quarterback 23. Absolutely agree with that. And that is going to be it for episode 231 of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose, as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover. Joey's at Joey Carey and DFS. Next week, we will be continuing our journey through the rankings, talking about wide receivers, everybody's favorite positions. So make sure you check that out. We'll have multiple episodes on the subject in the coming days. And if you guys want to ever connect with us or stay up to date with what's going on with the podcast, you can join our inner circle via the free link to our Discord channel. You can find that in the show notes to the podcast. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic.